Guess what time it is? Friday Jams! Well, hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's rock your brand. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this Friday Jam Session. Super excited you're here. And if you haven't heard me say it before, I'm going to say it right now. This is probably one of the highlights of my week because I get to hang out with some cool people every single Friday and answer some really awesome questions. Now, you might be asking, Scott, how do I get my question answered? Well, all you need to do is become part of our Take Action crew. How do you do that? Very easy. Head on over to takeactioncrew.com. It's totally free, and we do it every single Friday, and it is a blast. So what you're about to listen to is one that we did last week. So this way here, even if you can't attend, you can always show up here to the Rock Your Brand podcast and listen to our live jam session. All right, guys, so sit back, relax, and let's jam. I'm wanting to learn how to crop videos. I'm wanting to zoom in on certain parts so people can see my fingers better. I don't believe the editor in YouTube does this. Can you suggest a video editor that allows us or allows for this? Okay, great question. Okay, and for and so anyone that's listening, James is going into the guitar uh, teaching lessons niche, right? And some people would say, like, Scott, isn't that already oversaturated? No, because there's not another James, right? James is going to be able to put his own unique spin on how to teach, right? And uh, and I think he's going to do very, very well, right? So anybody that has their own expertise, their own passion, and they have their own spin on it, there's no one that can replace you. So I know myself, I've looked at guitar tutorials and there's some people that are just too technical and some people are more like, like just here's, here's, a, here's where you put your fingers, right? Like here's how you do it, right? It's not like talking theory and scales and all that stuff. That stuff is where I start to tune out, okay? So, all right, so how do you zoom in? Okay, so there's a couple of different, now I don't know, James, if you are on a Windows machine or if you're on a Mac, if you're on a Mac, what I really like is ScreenFlow. It's about $100, somewhere in that range, maybe $120, um, but it works really good and you can literally zoom in, um, you can even slow zoom in on different parts of your of your video. So what you wanna do here is uh, you wanna get a tool that allows you to do that. Now. Should you be editing your videos right now? Maybe just because you're starting out, but I'm a big fan of also going to a place like Fiverr and having someone do the work for you, right? Like why not do that, okay? So here's what, here's what I want you to do. If you think that is something that you are, you are going to be doing yourself and editing, then yes, get something like either ScreenFlow or Camtasia, one of those, that will allow you to do that. All right. So make sure that uh, you don't overcomplicate it. And if you want, you can have someone on Fiverr do it for probably 10 bucks. All right. So make sure that you do that. All right. Or make sure you consider that. All right. Let me go down here. Ashley, how many blog post followers would you recommend before applying to be an affiliate? All right. So, okay. So I, I think it matters on the traffic. It doesn't matter necessarily on um, how many followers or it's, it's how many people are visiting the site. Okay, how many people are visiting the site? That's going to determine when I'm going to be um, applying to be an affiliate. Because if you're applying for Amazon Associates, you need to have a certain number of sales in a 30-day window, or they'll stop. Uh, they'll actually uh, pause or even terminate your your privileges to sell. So make sure that you're not putting putting it on too early. Now here's the deal, though. There's other affiliate programs other than just Amazon. There's ClickBank products. Okay. And that doesn't have anything there that you have to have a certain number of those. And there's also private ones that you can use. My biggest thing is in the beginning, we don't want to monetize too early, right? We want to focus on getting the traffic right now. We have on the one brand, we just hit 25,000. I believe last month, we turned it on the month before when we had about 18,000. Okay. The other brand uh, is now getting around, it's going to have around 23,000, 25,000, somewhere in that range, maybe even 30. We're going to turn it on now, right? But we have some affiliate stuff that's in there, but no ad networks, okay? So the ad networks are a little bit different. 
Um, and you have to have at least 10,000 anyway, anyways before you turn that on for Ezoic. Uh, Mediavine is 25,000 page views, and then uh, Ad Thrive is 100,000. Um, so again, I would focus right now on getting, getting the eyeballs, getting the traffic. Yes, you want to do some posts that talk about products. You want to do some comparisons. You want to do this versus this. Five best router bits for dovetail joints, like certain things like that. And then you can always take those links and you can always switch them out with affiliate links later. Okay. So just understand that you don't have to be committed to the post uh, as the way it is today and what you can do later. So just understand you can always go back and change that. Hey, Kate, good morning. Happy Friday to you as well. Thanks for stopping in. Derek, what do you think about advertising from your website? I love it. I, I was just talking about that. I think advertising from your website is great. Now, it depends, right? So for me on brandcreators.com, I'm not running ads from Ezoic or uh, AdThrive or Mediavine. And the reason is, is because I want to control the offers that I am making, right? So the only offers right now on brandcreators.com is our playbook, is our free checklist. And then also when we open Brand Creators Academy, and now it's not even on the website, but now our workshop for Pinterest, right? So I'm not offering any other things. The only thing that we are putting on there, and actually it's not even built right now, we haven't we haven't converted it over from the rebrand, is a resources page, which will have other products that we promote that we use, like ConvertKit, example. Um, but I, I, I'm a fan of it, but I'm not a fan of it if you're trying to drive sales to a lot of your own stuff, uh, because that could detract. But you got to... You got to kind of pick and choose. Um, now, on the other brand that I talk a lot about, that's about three years old now, and we do uh, over 150,000 page views a month, we are running ads and we have our own physical products and we have our own digital products. So it just depends on the brand and on the market, okay? Uh, or, you know, and, and really your preference. Um, Kevin Wang, what's up? What should my homepage look like to terms of, or in terms of content on my e-commerce page? Should it almost be like a lead page? Um, okay, so the homepage, I think, should let people know immediately that they're in the right place. So if you help people catch more bass, then I would say on the first, on the homepage, um, uh, are, you know, are you trying to catch more bass or do you want to catch more bass, question mark? Well, you're in the right place. Download our five-step checklist to the ultimate bass fishing guide, right? That would be your lead magnet. I do like a lead magnet there, but... I also want them to know that they're in the right place. If all you do is put a product up in front of them, they're going to think they're in an e-commerce store. Um, when people are on an e-commerce store, unless they're there to buy, that could be a turnoff. So I would not have my homepage to be all of that. Now, you might have a little spot on the homepage that says featured products. That's fine. But I think it's always about them. What are they trying to achieve? If they're trying to catch more bass, then you want to let them know you're at the right place. This is where we help you catch more bass, right? Uh, or if you're doing woodworking, uh, are you interested in building a uh, piece of furniture that will be uh, handed down for generations to come? You are? Oh, good. You're in the right place. That's what we focus on, right? So you want to make sure that your messaging is right on point. So, so that way there, when they get there, they know exactly that they're in the right place. And also it takes the people that aren't the right people and it repels them, right? So um, I do like having some type of lead capture on the homepage somewhere, even if it's a pop-up that comes on after they've been there for five seconds, but a very, very subtle one, uh, like something in Hello Bar would be a good choice for that. Uh, good morning, Mike Smiley, who always makes me smile. Good morning, Scott and fellow action takers. Love it. Uh, Derek, how many videos or links to other content should I have on page one? So I think what you're you're meaning on page one, you mean page one of your website, how many videos or links to other content. Uh, so maybe you can clarify that for me, but if it's uh, if it's the home page, as many as is needed. I don't think there's a rule on that that you have to stick to. Whatever makes sense. All right, uh, let's see here. Salama, when starting, would you recommend to go live on two to three platforms? Oh, this is a great question. So what Salama is asking is about live streaming video, kind of like I'm doing right now. And I'm broadcasting to YouTube and Facebook, well, and Instagram, if you count the phone. Hi, Instagram, off to the side. Um, but I'm really streaming through these two through the camera over here. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can't actually see me right now doing that. But I'm looking at the camera, which is about four feet in front of me. So... 
Uh, I think in the beginning, we just need to get you comfortable. So I would say to make it super easy, that way we don't have a lot of connection things, right? We can just broadcast to one, right? Broadcast to the one that you feel can get you one or two people watching. That way there you have a live you know, person or people that you can engage with kind of like I'm doing right here, right? So even if you don't have anyone watching, it still is a great thing to get you in the rhythm and give you reps, right? We're practicing, but yet we can practice in front of a few people. The other cool thing with doing live is we don't have to start and stop or we won't be able to start and stop because we start live and we got to finish, right? You can't start and stop and overthink things too much. So I'm a big fan of doing it. I would pick one right now and then I would go with that and then I would add later, okay? I wouldn't say you got to do two or three at once, um, all right? Uh, Rebecca, is it wise, <clears throat> excuse me, to integrate my physical products shop in my new blog site? Wait for enough traffic to keep them completely separate. Is integration of a shop hurtful for future affiliate marketing? No, I don't believe so. I think you should have, if you have a shop right now, then you should have a button in the menu that says uh, our shop or our products or products or something like that. Why not let people know that you have them? There's nothing we're hiding here. There's no secret, right? So I would say put it there, right? And I don't think it's going to hurt anything. Um, so I would say you want to incorporate them as soon as possible if the new blog or website is for the physical product stuff that you're selling, right? So if you're bringing those two together, why not bring them together? Now, it doesn't mean that they both have to be hosted. Actually, we've done it where you have a Shopify store and then that is separate. We just do a subdomain off of the main domain, right? But it still looks like when you're on the site, it's all hosted there because it's connected, all right? So I don't know. I don't think it's hurtful at all. I think it's helpful, all right? I think it's helpful. Um, Derek, what do you think about all these video tools to send traffic to your website? Syndication, is it worth the time to invest in such a strategy? No, I've played with that in the past. And no, I do not believe that it's a good use of your time or money right now. Uh, so what you're talking about is something like repurpose. Uh, there's one out there, which is a good, it's a good tool. Um, it does what it says, but whenever you're using a repurpose tool of some kind to try to, um, to try to get your content out there faster, um, it is going to hurt, um, the algorithm inside of each platform because they, they are smart enough. I'll give you an example. So tailwind it will allow you to post on Pinterest. It'll allow you to post on uh, Instagram and Facebook and all of those. And I just started using it, but the only reason I'm using it is to kind of backfill, right? So I'm going to be doing my own stuff manually, and then I'm going to be filling these hoppers so I have a steady flow of content being published on a regular basis. I'm not a fan of making that your only strategy so you can syndicate. Right. And I also think that you got to get yourself dialed in with your content before you start thinking about syndication. Right. So think about the content you're going to create, start creating it, get into a rhythm, and then we can start talking about repurposing it or cutting it up and then sending it out to different platforms. All right. So, um, all right. Let me take a quick little break here to take a sip of this hot bulletproof coffee. If you guys are listening, you, go, you don't see me, but you can hear me. And I'll tell you what, it's really good, really good bulletproof coffee. I'm sorry for slurping if I did. Anyway, let's get back to jamming. What do you say? Again, let me uh, take a pause here for a minute just to say, if you're listening to this uh, on the podcast, um, we're doing this live uh, every Friday. This is what we call our Friday jam session. And you can head over to takeactioncrew.com and you can be part of our crew where you can ask a question. So if you have a question you want me to answer live, this is where you would do it. And then we're going to air it on an upcoming uh, podcast episode. All right. So moving on. All right. Salama, how do live streams do in terms of getting traffic as opposed to videos? Are there searchable? Are they searchable too, like other videos? Well, yes, they are in a sense, but on Facebook, not so searchable, right? How many times have you went to Facebook and searched for content? right? You probably haven't. I know I haven't. I don't go there and go, oh, how to catch more bass. I'm going to go to Facebook. Where do you go? You go to YouTube usually, right? Or you might go to Pinterest or you might do a Google search, right? But you're not going to Facebook. So if I had a choice, 
I would probably say I would stream to YouTube because YouTube then becomes a video asset that people are searching for. So we have Facebook, which is not really a search engine, although you can search in it, but people don't use it for that purpose. And YouTube, what is it? It's a search engine for video. And a lot of times it's how-to stuff. So that just makes the most sense to me, right? So I would start there um, and then use Facebook as well. Now, the other thing you can do is you can take your YouTube video and then you can download it uh, or even not even download it. If you, if you stream there, you'd have to download it. If you upload it there, you can just take that same upload and then just upload it natively to Facebook. It's going to also perform better if you natively upload or stream from the channel itself. So just a little bit of food for thought there. All right, Michael, would you consider doing a coffee talk on how to best structure an interview? Oh, I like this, Michael. I am sure you have learned a lot interviewing people for the podcast, and I believe we would all benefit from your experience. I would love to do that. And let me, let me kind of break off here for a second. The reason why I love this is because you guys know, if you're listening to this or watching this, you know that I recently did a rebrand on what used to be the Amazing Seller podcast, which had over 820 some episodes. And I decided to change the name to the Rock Your Brand podcast, right? And one of the reasons is because I want to talk about live streaming. I want to talk about podcasting. I want to talk about uh, how to create a great interview, right? Those are things I do want to talk about because I've done it and I'm doing it. And it's what I, it's what I enjoy doing. I don't want to just talk about physical products anymore, right? So the way for me to do that is to create this. So yes, I would love to help with that. And I'll be 100% completely transparent here with all of you. I am probably not the best interviewer, but I do think I have a good way of asking questions that not only I will benefit from, but also you, the listener. And that's the big thing for me because I'm always thinking to myself, this is what I'm curious about. And the people that are following what I'm doing probably think a lot like me. So they probably want to know this too. So I think it's knowing your audience really. And I also think making the person that you're interviewing really feel comfortable and at home, right? And so I am not very strict. I have a couple of points and then I'll start riffing on those points, right? I know that I want to know their backstory, but I know that everyone kind of digs into someone's backstory. Then I want to get to the meat of it. And so for me, a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm looking for what did you do when things didn't work? Because a lot of people aren't sharing that, aren't talking about that. So the interviews that I'm doing here moving forward, um, and even the one I just aired with Colin uh, Costella. Uh, from Shop Mechanics, who has over 900,000 YouTube subscribers, but you would think he's got a video, you know, some videos that have millions of views. He had a video that had, had over a million views, and you would think that if he put an offer that was in that video, that he would be just selling tons. Well, no, he launched a product and sold seven products from a million views on YouTube. Didn't really understand marketing, right? So the reason why I'm sharing that with you is because I want to hear about that. Right? I want to hear about how did you get through 30 no's like John Gordon who wrote The Carpenter and The Energy Bus and so many other great books. He shares that it took 30 no's before he got a yes for The Energy Bus. If he never kept going, The Energy Bus never would have reached 2 million people and it never would have propelled him to the uh, you know the book author that he is in or that he is known for now and all of the you know all of the different coaching that he's doing. Never would have happened, right? So when I interview, I want to know, I want to know the dirt. I want to know like, what, what do you do on one of those days that's bad, right? Because everyone talks about the good, which is great. I want to talk about some of that bad stuff, right? Like the stuff that, how did you keep pushing through, right? So I think one small tip here for you, Michael, it's probably a big tip really, is just try to get really raw, right? And, and get, Get things out of them that normally other people won't ask because they're just always like, well, how did you get 900,000 subscribers? We can talk about that. I want to talk about the struggle before you ever had 100 views on your videos, right? Those are the important ones to me. So anyway, yes, I would love to do that. Uh, Lydia, can you explain a little bit about how the ads work? At what point do we put ads on the site slash blog? Okay, I'll give you a great example. Um, so the way that it works is typically, 
When you have traffic, your site has to get approved by these networks, by the way. So they're not just letting anyone start putting ads on their website, okay? So they want to approve your account and your website. So that's why you gotta have a certain number of page views. Then once you get approved, they're gonna start displaying not just ads around your content, they're, they're going to target the people that are visiting. So they know just from different IP stuff and just different tracking, they know that there is a lot of people searching for certain or different things and they're going to resonate with them more. So if I go on to a phishing site, I will probably see an ad for Bulletproof Coffee. That is probably what I will see, okay? Because I drink Bulletproof Coffee, I buy Bulletproof Coffee and it's in my shopping cart a lot of times, so I do that, right? So here's the deal. When you're, when you're creating your, uh, your website, you don't have to say, well, I have to talk about these certain things in order for the ads to pull it in. That's not how it works. Now, you can say, I only want ads to display about my, you know, my gardening shop, but I wouldn't do that because I want it to really resonate to the people that are showing up individually. So um, the way that it works is, like I said, create some really good content. Keep people in your site, by the way. So if one visitor visits five different pages, that counts as five page views. Okay, so I'm going to get paid more because of that. So the idea is to keep people in the site longer and by doing interlinking and things that we talk about inside of the academy and things that I've talked about even on here, you want to interlink to other useful content. So this way here, people can get more of what they're looking for, right? And there's ways that you can do that. And again, we don't have a lot of time here today. Maybe we'll do a coffee talk on that, right? So just understand, we want to try to give them a really good user experience, and then the ads are going to be supportive to them, okay? So just understand that. Uh, Winston, good morning. Welcome back, my friend. Good morning, Scott. Just joined. Do you think it's a good idea to post podcast pins on Pinterest? Well, I think it is in the right market, and I'll be quite honest with you, Winston. I'm just starting this now. So um, actually, my daughter, who's also going to be running the training for our workshop, is actually setting this up, and we're going to do a test. So I don't know, um, but I'm going to I'm going to let you know in the future. But I'm doing it right now because it's pretty simple. Once you have the strategy down, then it's just a matter of creating your boards, filling your boards, and creating new pins for your content. And then you just get into a flow and kind of get into a a rhythm, if you will, just like you would if you're posting content. So I do think it's a good idea, depending on the market. Okay, depending on the market. Um, but it can be, it totally can be, uh, let's see here. Okay. We just answered that Salama is majority of your income still selling on Amazon. At what point would you recommend pivoting to Shopify? Um, okay. So yes, in the brand that we're, that you're referring to, uh, I would say still there's probably, it's probably 70%, maybe 65 ish. Okay. Um, but I'm okay with that because we have the traffic, right? And so, and actually it might, might not even be that much anymore. It might, may, might only be 60%. Um, cause we have a lot of ad revenue coming in now. We have a lot of, um, we have, we still have affiliate stuff coming in. We have digital guides. So we have all that stuff. We even have Etsy going on. We have, uh, some eBay, but not much. We have more on Etsy now. Um, so, um, I would say, yes, it is. But as far as like, Here's the deal though. When people ask me, they're like, Scott, when should I start sending my own traffic over to Shopify? At the end of the day, we all know that people feel more trusted going on Amazon, right? So as long as, and here's a ninja tip for you guys, by the way, is inside of your post that you're referring to your product, I don't care if it goes to Shopify. I don't care if it goes to Etsy. I don't care if it goes to Amazon, right? I mean, I want it to go to Amazon right now because I'm going to feed that thing, right? Um, you want to use a pretty link. And the reason is, is because at any point in time, if I have 10 or 15 or 20 mentions of that product, I can change where it's pointing with one single edit. So I can go into the back end of a pretty link. I can edit where it's going, change the URL, hit save, and instantly all of those links are changed immediately. All right? So um, I would say... Always, always, always use a pretty link. Now, a pretty link is a uh, link, or it's a WordPress plugin. Uh, it's They have a free version. We use the free version a lot of times, um, but uh, you can also, there's other ones out there. I would not use like a Bitly link or a short Google link. I wouldn't do that. It looks spammy. It's 
not good. Um, you want to do is use something that has your branding in it, kind of like brandcreators.com forward slash workshop. That is going to take you to a workshop page, a landing page that tells all about the workshop. Now, guess what? In a month from now, if I decide to do one on email list building, I can change that link to the email list building workshop, right? So it's always there for when I need it and I can just change in the back end of where that's pointing. So that's a that's an important one, guys. That's a big nugget right there, all right? Um, so again, I wouldn't direct my traffic off of Amazon. If you're selling on Amazon right now, I personally wouldn't go down that route until you have some really solid sales and you wanna test it. But I would probably surmise that your your conversions are going to go down, okay? Um, so if you're okay with that, but I would say, why are you gonna take it off of Amazon right now if you're feeding Amazon and helping you rank for other keywords and all of that stuff? If you're in good standing with Amazon, why not just push them there, right? So I think um, unless you have a, a funnel that is built where you buy one thing and then you get upsold on the second thing and the third thing, it's designed to do that, that would just be a single funnel. It wouldn't be a Shopify store necessarily. Um, so anyway, hopefully that helps Salma. Uh, let's see another one. Um, Salma thoughts on Joe Rogan leaving YouTube and going to Shopify. Um, I don't know. Uh, I haven't really paid attention to be honest with you. Uh, let's see here, Ashley. Oh, we got a long one here. I really wanted to get my blog post up and live, but there were so many, or some things I was struggling with finishing off on my website to give it a more polished look. Okay. I'm going to stop you right there. Who's seeing it? Who is seeing the unpolishedness, right, Ashley? Who who's seeing it? Is your mom seeing it? Is Cindy seeing it? Uh, you know, is is your uh, you know your friends seeing it? Who cares, right? There's no traffic yet, right? Publish it and then start polishing, right? Like, yeah, I'm, I stopped right there because so many people do that. They're like, well, I still gotta tweak things, right? I still gotta turn a little bit of dials here. I still gotta tighten that up. I still gotta do that. No, we want to get the thing done right? I just left my lake house. It's rented right now, right? And it's renting really, really great. There's things there that I want to fix, right? I mean, it, to anyone else, you're going to walk in and be like, this is amazing. This is awesome. There's things that I want to tighten up. There's things that I want to change or fix. But you know what? To the normal person, the average person that's going in there, they're going to just look right past that stuff, right? But to me, I know it's there. You know, I want it done. I want it polished. But I need to get that money coming in, right? So get that thing rented. It's not perfect. It's okay, right? There's a little, there's a little chunk out of the bottom of my, uh, of the baseboard, you know, where the, uh, where the refrigerator is, and someone hit it. It's okay. I'm gonna let it fly right now. I'm gonna touch it up, right? Go. Let's let's get that thing rented, right? We can't get traffic if we don't publish, right? So we got to get it published. No one's seeing it. So uh, I'm just going to finish here. After spending hours and struggling, I am brand new to WordPress and don't understand most of it. I decided to hire someone to help me with my website yesterday afternoon. The guy offered an additional monthly service to help with any updates. The problem is that he changed the password to my website and locked me out. Oh boy. Okay. I do not like anyone that is holding someone hostage in a sense to their own website to make edits and then they charge you per edit. I would find a new person, Ashley. I wouldn't go down that road. If anything, I would go to like Upwork and I would find someone, I would hire someone on a job to job basis. That's it. Um, anytime someone says, oh, I can do this for you monthly. And then you got to reach out to them and go, I want to make this change. I'm telling you right now, you can figure it out. There's enough YouTube videos out there to help you do an edit on a post. All right. So not that hard, plenty of information out there. You can do it yourself. If you don't want to do it yourself, Pay someone on Upwork or FreeUp or even Fiverr to make those edits. There's a lot of places out there that'll do it for you and they're not going to hold you hostage in a sense. Um, so yeah, that's my recommendation on that one. Uh, all right, let's see here. Uh, Derek, do you recommend sign up or membership on your website and also a shop on your website? Okay, I kind of went down this. Um, we might be trying to do too much, Derek. The first question is, do you have traffic? Right, if we have traffic, then we can start talking about monetization or whatever, right? Do you recommend sign up? A sign up for an email capture, yes. Adding a membership right up front, probably not. It's a whole nother animal, okay? Um, and having a shop on your site, if you have stuff to offer, yes, offer, put the shop there. Let people know you have a shop. I'm okay with that. Um, but I wouldn't do things 
too early and get anxious, right? Just build the thing and then we'll rent it out later. Okay. Um, Karen. All right. Uh, okay. I know you were saying to wait to become affiliate. We have over 200 subscribers, almost 2000 page views and a good number going to the shop, but we have nothing there. We are on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook advertising numbers really look good. And yes, our open rate is 30% and click, uh, click through rate is 22 to 24%. That's high. It's great. Um, the reason why click is so high is because they are giving them value each time. Um, that will, I just want to warn you though, that will go down. Um, I will promise you that as your list grows, that will go down. 200 on a list is, is small, which is good. And you're getting some good engagement, but that will go down. Um, so just be prepared for that. Don't expect 20 to 24% click through. Um, I'm happy with like two to four. Um, so, okay. Um, with activity ideas and worksheets, should I start becoming an affiliate with Amazon? We qualify. Um, okay. So yeah, I would probably, I mean, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to either suspend your privileges and basically say, come back to us in 30 days or 60 days. Um, now there has been people that have said that they can't, uh, get an account anymore, but there's ways around that. So I wouldn't worry about that. The best thing you can do right now though, is if you're going to do that is put some affiliate links throughout your blog posts. Um, and then drive some traffic there with the email list, but don't push anything to go buy. Okay. Don't push in your email. You cannot do that in email. You can't push affiliate links in emails. You need to drive them to your blog and your website. So you can try it. Um, but again, the, the benefits of having affiliate stuff on your site right now, it isn't really... I guess the benefits aren't there yet because you have 2,000 page views, right? It sounds good, but you need more really in order to, to see uh, any type of, uh, of sales on a regular basis. Um, so I would personally just hold off a little bit and then I would just keep you know, putting out the content. I would also, yes, I would build con I would build posts that have products that you will be an affiliate for, but I would not prematurely do this because you want to make an extra hundred bucks, right? I would wait a little bit just to get the steady traffic. Um, but again, it's going to be a hit or miss. I can't say for sure if it's a good idea or not because the, every market's different. So hopefully that helped. All right, James, uh, let me take a sip of coffee here, James. I'm wanting to go live on YouTube. Should I simply pick a day and time and stick with that? time every week. If you don't think I should start going live, just let me know. I think you should do both, to be honest with you. I think doing live would be fun for you. It would allow you to absolutely put a video up, guaranteed. And I think when you do something live like this, like I'm doing, there's less structure to it because you're kind of like all over the place in a sense. And I'm trying to keep this tight, but it's still, I go off a little bit because there's a lot of topics that kind of bring us into different directions. So I would say, I would try to do both. Uh, now, if you can't do both, then yes, do a live, but know what you're going to do up front and treat it as though you're teaching a lesson to a student, right? So if it's a matter of you're going to break down the intro to ACDC's back in black, then that's what the Facebook live is going to be about, or the YouTube live is going to be about. Okay. Um, and yes, I would definitely 100% sign up in your own mind that you're going to publish every single week at the exact time. It does two things. One is it pushes you and makes you say, holy crap, it's, you know, you know, here it is 10 a.m. Eastern time and I'm doing this Facebook live and I just had to drive an hour and a half to get here so I could show up and be consistent. I did that myself because I committed to you, right? So when you commit to other people and just commit to yourself in your mind, you're going to do it. So I would say definitely do it just for your own mental side of things, but also, people will then start to look forward to, oh, it's Friday and, um, you know, uh, James is going to come out and do a new lesson this week. And then you can start doing requests. What do you guys want me to do next week? Any song requests? And then you can start working on that song. And then guess what? You can come on and go, hey, uh, it's James. Today, we're going to do the solo to Back in Black uh, because, uh, you know, 
whatever. Uh, Sam came on live last time and said he wanted me to do it. So I'm going to do it for Sam and anyone else out there that wants it. So what does that do? It shows that you have people watching and listening and you have questions. What does that do? It puts you as an authoritative person in your market because people are asking you questions and you're the teacher now, right? So there's a lot of that that goes into it as well. So yes, I would definitely say do the live, but I would try to also add the component of another video if you can. All right. It doesn't have to be long. It could be like one little thing that I'm kind of stuck on, right? I'm stuck on doing this one scale. You found a hack to be able to learn this scale with a really simple technique. And then you just come on, you teach me in three minutes and I go work on it. And then you say, come back and let me know. Was that helpful? If not, let me know. What were you stuck on? All right, guys, James, I'm out. Like that's it. Simple. Mike, point. As a former broadcaster, I can confirm that live is always better than tape. We were supposed to practice off air on what was referred to as the dummy load, not not uh, to the real antenna. Um, that was always void of purpose. Uh, once the on-air light went on for real, suddenly the mind goes into a totally different gear and drives the narrative. Just try it. You'll see the difference it makes. Yeah, I love that, Mike. I love it that you were a broadcast person too. Uh, Debbie, I'm going to live on my website today, or I'm going live, I'm sorry, I'm going live on my website today, as promised, with one post. I'm just not sure what to post next. I know I need to niche down, but not sure which way to go. I believe I have many options, but I'm stuck in analysis paralysis. Any suggestions? Yes, I have one. What are five questions your market is asking right now? And one way to figure this out is just go to Google and type in how to catch more bass, let it autofill. It's going to say in a pond, it's going to say in a lake, right? Or another way to do it is, can you catch bass with a rubber worm? Question mark. And then you're going to see all of these other suggested questions. You're going to write posts on those. I always tell people, start with questions. Questions are easy to answer. It's what people need. It's what they're searching for. And it's also easier to rank for. So I would do that. I would fill your bucket. I usually talk about the three buckets of content. And the three buckets of content is questions, how-to, and products. Product comparisons, product reviews, You know your thoughts on different products, what you like, what you don't like, unboxings, all of that stuff. But questions always comes first. So whenever we're building a, a new brand, a new website, a blog, the content starts with questions. So I will do I will do what I call a content tree where you have one main question that could go in a hundred different directions or let's say 20 different directions. And then I'll create 20 different posts off of that that go into more specifics. And then I'll link everything back to the one, right? We call that content tree, a uh, content tree. So that's what I would suggest doing. And I'm sure if you just go through that one little exercise, you're gonna be like, okay, there's five posts. Also, Google will also tell you um, suggested questions, like other questions people have asked from this if you did this, uh, you know, this keyword search, there's other ones that's related and it will give you that. Those are going to be good keywords. I don't even care what the numbers look like in like Uber suggest or a keyword tool. I'm just looking at that's what Google's suggesting. People must be searching for it. So that'll get you out of that quick. Uh, Salama, are you planning to change your Facebook group name uh, to your new brand? Yeah, we're in the process of that. And it's a funny story. Um, the page, okay, the group, the group is larger that I'm probably not going to touch um, just because uh, I may change the name, but I'm not going to change what's happening there. There's a lot of e-commerce discussion there. I'm not really affiliated with that anymore. Um, and I've got uh, I've got some ideas on what we're going to do to make that still a very valuable resource for those people. Um, now, the page, we changed the name to Rock Your Brand Podcast, but it didn't get approved inside of Facebook for whatever reason. So we're still waiting to hear back. We appealed it and all that stuff. So it's been a little bit of a nightmare, but it's okay. We'll figure out something, um, but we changed the at. So if you go to at Rock Your Brand Podcast it, in Facebook, it'll take you there, but the title is still The Amazing Seller. It's it's weird. Um, they won't, they won't, uh, they won't allow us to change it at this point for some reason. So we're working on it. Um, where would you go apart from answer the public to look for questions to answer in your niche for content if you are new? Again, I would go to Google. I'd go to YouTube. I'd go there. Use the auto-suggest portion of those search engines. All right? I'd go there. I'd go to Pinterest too. Right? I'd go to those three. That'd give you enough right there to go and start creating content. And then you don't get overwhelmed with like, oh, but 
This here has a domain score of four, and this here has 19 backlinks, and this has, you know, uh, you know, 50 posts, and that's why they rank. No, don't worry about that. Post, right? Create and post, create and post. That is the formula, guys. And I would go to those three. I I would, I mean, Uber, I mean, uh, not Uber suggest um answer the public. If you go there, it's gonna give you some really good ideas, but I would even go outside of that. I'd go Google, I'd go YouTube, and I'd go Pinterest. That's where I'd go. All right, Derek, can too many plugins on your website slow up your site? Yes, it can. Um, how to keep your site optimized and do you recommend continuous backups? Yes, uh, there's plugins that help with that, um, but I would keep the site very, very, very light, meaning I would not install a bunch of plugins on the website. Um, the one that I love is Yoast. That's an optimization, SEO optimization plugin. It's fairly light. Um, and then an optimization plugin I would install would be for optimizing your images to make them smaller um, or to compress them. You want the load time to be as fast as possible. And that's a big mistake I see a lot of people making is they try to install too many plugins because they want all the bells and whistles. And what happens is, is people come to the site and then they jump, they bounce. We don't want that. The other thing is, is you want to see how your site works on mobile. We have most of our traffic, 75% of our traffic is being discovered and being used on mobile. So make sure that you're optimizing for mobile as well. But yes, too many plugins can be bad. Um, start with one or two that you need and then just build off of that. Um, you don't need to have a ton of plugins. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Derek, what tool plugin do you use to put Google ads on your website? It's basically through the network. So if we're using Ezoic, it's going to be their plugin. If it's uh, Mediavine, it's their plugin. If it's AdThrive, it's their plugin. And then they can control it. We can control it. We can change placements. We can do all that stuff. And they also give you a lot of data on the back end when you're using that. All right. Uh, let's see here. Why did you price your book so low? I have seen other guides selling for more. Yeah. Well, that's done by design. Here's why. I want people to get this, by the way, uh, Brand Creators, the playbook. This is the playbook that we use, that we use inside of Brand Creators Academy. It is worth more than $4.99. Why did I price it at that point? Well, here's why. I want to get it in more people's hands. That right there is also a lead magnet for me. Let's be honest. If you buy that for $4.99, it shows me that you're interested in building your brand. And it also shows me that you're interested enough to throw $5 into the ring, right? The other thing is, is on the back end of that, there's an upsell for $9.99. And you'd say, well, Scott, that's still not that much. It's an audiobook, right? And then there's one other thing that is on the back end of that, that if you wanted to go through our, and I don't even have this on my website. It's only if you purchase that book. It's, um, it's our uh, market selection masterclass. So I go through five different examples. I drill down into these markets, showing you a good market, a bad market, what I look for, what I like, what I don't like. So it's basically going through the playbook, but showing how I'm going through that process. And that's over like three hours long and that's 99 bucks. So basically that book could earn more money, but that's not my goal. My goal is to give people enough resources to get going. And then if they're interested in joining Brand Creators Academy, when we open in July, then I, I know that they're possibly ready, right? So I've gotten them up to speed. That's why. I have learned a long time ago to give as much value as you can at an affordable price and not saying that you shouldn't charge. Let's face it. I'll throw it right out there, guys. I have a, a lake shop or a, a lake house master shop that I've done this past year. And it was $4,500 for one business to come in, okay? And we did that for uh, two full days. Okay. It's only for people that are doing anywhere from 500,000 a year to, you know, a million plus. Okay. So there's other ways that you can earn money and you want those people to be qualified. Not everyone's qualified. So my, my goal is to get you your brand bill off of this and the Academy. And then hopefully one day you might be hanging out with me at the lake house. Right. So there's always tiers that you can work people up towards when they're ready. Okay. I mean, heck, I've done an inner circle where people will pay $25,000 for the year to be a part of that, where I work with them for 12 months, right? So there's ways that you can, you can charge more, but when people are in the right place to where it would make sense for their business. But I want to give as much free value and even, you know, just like this workshop we're doing for Pinterest, I could honestly probably charge three times, four times what we're charging. And uh, I'm not, 
And the reason is, is because I want more people to get in, give them a taste of what it's like to go through one of our trainings. And then hopefully maybe they're going to want to join Brand Creators Academy when we open in July, right? But why not take that one component and give it to them at a reasonable price so they get to kind of come in and actually see what it's like. So you just can't be afraid to give too much, guys. You can't worry about that. All right. All right. A few more questions. Then we got to jump here, guys. This jam session is going long. Uh, okay, Lloyd. Good morning, Scott. Any recommendations as the best way for selling digital products such as a course or a PDF on a website? A particular plugin or some other method. Yeah, well, I would say on that there, it's going to come down to not just your website. You're going to build um, more or less like a sale process or a sales process, or also known as a funnel. And uh, it could be as simple as you put up a lead page or a landing page in ConvertKit, whatever. And uh, there's even Gumroad, which is a, a great tool um, that is independent of itself. They only charge you if you sell. Um, you can, you can roll courses out, uh, you can do all that stuff and you only pay for when the transaction is done. I think to simplify that is the key. So my biggest thing would be is get something where you can deliver it to people. You can also create a front end sales page in a sense, and it doesn't have to be necessarily, um, your website. Now you can take like Gumroad, for example, and you can embed that as like an iframe inside of your website. So it appears as though it's in your site. You can make the transaction happen in your site, all of that stuff. Um, so that's what I would recommend on that, uh, because you can deliver it digitally very easily. And then you can give people access once they buy, they're going to get, um, login. If you're a little bit more advanced, you want to use something like Kajabi. Kajabi is going to start at about a hundred bucks a month. Um, and go up to about $300 a month, depending on how many members you have and all of that stuff. We use Kajabi right now. We love it. A lot of great things, but a lot of times it's a little bit more advanced for people just starting. Uh, Salomo, what would you recommend for sales page? Oh, okay. There, I just answered it. Um, anything that works that's easy for you right now. I don't think you need Kajabi right now. Honestly, lead pages is not going to help you deliver the product all that much. So I would say something like Gumroad would be a good one to try out. Um, and then the other one is Kajabi. Um, those are the ones that I like. There's Teachable. I use Teachable. I'm not a fan. I got to be honest with you guys. Um, and I, I want to be. I just, I'm not. It's it's clunky. It's um, it's hard to know when you buy, like where to go. It, it was very confusing for me. I set it up. Uh, we actually delivered our recordings for Brand Accelerator Live on that as a test. And I didn't like it. I, Kajabi way better in my opinion. Um, Winston, okay. What's the best way to drive traffic to my podcast saying I'm here? Listen to me. Um, the best way to do it is to do stuff like this right here. Like what, you know, jump on live and bring attention to that episode. If you had an episode that you talked about, uh, Pinterest, like we are do a podcast episode that teaches and then mention it. Right. Um, so that's what I would do. Do either an episode or, uh, also I would build the email list if you haven't done so already. Um, but I would also try to do my best um, to really show up on social like I'm doing right here and uh, and just try to bring awareness to it. It's a slow grind. It's not going to happen overnight. Also, try to get on some people's uh, podcasts that's in your audience. And that's a really good thing to do as well. Uh, Ashley, since I only have a few posts, should I wait on signing up for the Pinterest workshop? I really want to sign up, but I'm worried I'm doing uh, so prematurely. Well, Ashley, here's the deal. You have a website up and running, correct? So it's already built. You have a post, you want traffic going to there, right? So then yes, you would be the right fit because you have that component. If you said to me, Scott, I don't have my website up. I don't have any content written yet. I'd say, do that first. Then you can do that later. Um, but you're actually in a great spot because you could be, if, if I'm building a, a brand and I'm in your, your place right now, the next part of that, uh, is the Pinterest side of things. So I would say, yes, and I'm not just saying that because I would tell you no. <laughs> Trust me, I would tell you no. Um, let's see here. Debbie, I'm, uh, hi, Ashley. I'm in the same. Oh, okay, so we're having a little communication going on here. Cool. Uh, Mike, as Scott advised, Ashley, the person has no right to do this. Uh, I'm planning to extort you. Okay, so I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's already been in the comments, but Mike is basically jumping in there and saying like, how dare this guy hold you hostage to your own website? I agree. I hate that model. And I don't say hate much, but I don't like it. Uh, Grace. Hey, Grace. Good morning. I love the always go back to keeping things simple. Yeah, that is my motto. I got to be honest. 
this, this year coming up that we're facing right now is all about simplicity, guys. It's all about simplicity. I am not going down the road of shiny objects. It's, it's what I'm doing, keeping it simple, and even streamlining my team. Like everything that I'm doing is purposely uh, and, uh, and it's deliberate. Simple. Keep it simple. Uh, yeah, no problem, Winston. Thank you for showing up, my man. Tristan, I'm looking into hiring a marketing company in the next few days. What are some questions that I need to ask them to make sure that my, my question to you, Tristan, is, is, is why? Why are you why are you hiring a marketing company? Marketing companies, a lot of times to me, they don't know marketing. I'm sorry. Uh, and may, maybe this company that you're looking to hire does, but a lot of times marketing companies don't understand just direct response marketing. Um, so I would like to know, and we can't really go into it today, but maybe drop in the comments. Maybe we can follow up on this. What are you struggling with marketing-wise? What is your goal for marketing? And what do you consider marketing? Because um, I don't think that you necessarily need a marketing company, a marketing agency. Um, I don't really find that they're that useful. Um, all right, one last question. Would you sell downloadable digital product on Etsy? Yes, and I've done it. I've done it with our digital creations. We have digital, we had um, Photoshop templates, sold them on there. It's a great place. I know uh, Karen is on here who sells, uh, it's kind of like um, assignments for students or for teachers to give to students and stuff. Anything like that, 100%, I'm a fan. You can definitely, definitely use Etsy. Um, and Etsy's a great, again, Etsy's a search engine for buyers. So why not use that, right? So I would say yes, 100%. Um, Etsy is great for that. All right. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that Friday jam session. And like I said in the beginning, if you want to attend one of our live Friday jam sessions, all you need to do is head on over to takeactioncrew.com. That is where we show up every Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern time. And you can join us. You can ask a question and then uh, I can answer it. And we can go ahead and also publish it here on the podcast. So once again, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. This is always one of the highlights of my week. And until next time, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now go rock your brand.